0: Cursed, as Fair couldn't help but laugh. She walked over to the driver's side. He had the window down. They know how to pluck your last nerve, said Fair, laughing. Yours, too. I'm not the one who pulled the car over. Harry looked down the road at the produce stand, a small white clabbered building with a large overhang, goods displayed in orderly, colorful rows. Hey, Let's get some patty-pan squash. Bet Hester still has some. She walked around the car, getting in the passenger's side before turning to face her animal tormentors. If I hear one peep, one sniff, one hiss while I am shopping, no food tonight. Got it? Hateful. Pewter turned her back on Harry. As Tucker hung her head, Mrs. Murphy, the tiger cat, loudly defended herself. I didn't do one thing. Of course not. The perfect puss. Pewter curled her upper lip. Fair coasted to the stand where Hester, orange apron, black jeans, and an orange shirt, was talking to customers, most of whom lived in Crozet or nearby. I'll stay here. Fair knew how Hester could go on. Plus, Buddy Jance was there, all three hundred pounds of him, and he could out-talk Hester. Orange and black bunting festooned the roof overhang. Scarecrows flanked the outdoor wooden cartons, overflowing with squashes, pumpkins, every kind of apple imaginable. Inside, one could buy a good sandwich. Little ghosts floated from the rafters. Big green eyes glowed in the room's upper corners. Brilliantly gold-late corn and huge mums and zinnias added to the color. Almost as big as Buddy, a sign sat catty-cornered to the entrance, announcing the community Halloween hayride to raise money for the Crozet Library. No doubt, Tazio Chapars, an architect, had designed the impressive sign. She worked hard for the library, and the sign really grabbed you. From a large, drawn skeleton, one bony arm actually reached out to get your attention. Hester looked up. Harry Harris, Dean, I haven't seen you in weeks. Buddy turned. How'd you do with your sunflowers? Buddy, a farmer who rented thousands of acres along with cultivating his own holdings, enjoyed Harry's foray into niche farming. Who knew better than Buddy, the cost of equipment and implements for wheat, corn, soybeans. Harry had made a wise choice in focusing on her field of sunflowers, her quarter-acre of Petit Mansing grapes, and the ginseng she grew down by the strong, deep creek that divided her property from the old Jones farm. "'Pretty good,' she said, not wanting to brag that this year's field of sunflowers was her biggest yet. "'How's your year so far?' He hooked his thumbs in his overalls. Tell you what, girl, that many drought thinned out my corn crop. I did better than most because my lower acres received enough rain. Others didn't. Never saw anything like it. On one side of the road, the corn would be twisted right up, and on the other just as plump as you'd please. The corn behind the old schoolhouses looks poorly. Hester jumped in. Government's fault. All that stuff they have circling around up there in space. Gotta affect us. Both Harry and Buddy nodded politely, for Hester was a little in space herself. Sometimes a lot out there. Middle-aged, good-looking, with glossy light brown hair hanging to her shoulders, she applied just enough makeup to draw attention to her symmetry and health. Every small town, as well as big city, has its Hester's, It's just that they can't hide in the small towns. Good-looking people, often bright, but they don't quite fit in, and often they never marry. Hester had gone to Mary Baldwin, excelled in her studies, but came back over the Blue Ridge Mountains to run this roadside stand. Her brother, more ambitious, moved to Houston right out of the College of William and Mary. He had perfect timing. Hitting Texas on the cusp of a building boom, and making the most of it. Her parents.